Hey listeners, welcome to Real Talk with Simply Tour, where we have real, raw, and sometimes uncomfortable conversations around working while maintaining our mental health, or lack thereof. I'm your host, Tor White, and today I have the wonderful Ray Jeffrey with me. Good morning, Ray. Good morning, Tor. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you for being here. So Ray is the Managing Director of the Wortham Center for the Performing Arts in Asheville, North Carolina a three-venue facility presenting an annual session, I'm sorry, an annual season of world-class artists. Wortham Center also provides a creative home and professional support services to more than 40 local companies, cultivates a robust arts education program for students, and connects community to the arts through a series of diverse programs. With more than 20 years as an arts professional, she's worked as a performer, educator, administrator, and theater manager throughout the Southeast and Chicago. Ray serves on the Board of Directors of Arts North Carolina, the Arts Coalition, and Arts Leadership Council for Arts AVL, is past president of North Carolina Presenters Consortium, a representative of the Dance Touring Initiative through South Arts, a grant panelist for North Carolina Arts Council, an adjudicator, on the Arts Market Showcase Selection Panel, a YWCA Women of Influence, a Leadership Asheville graduate, and an international delegate to the Atlantic Presenters Association in Canada. Ray Jeffrey is passionate about the power of the arts to connect people and build better communities. In a nutshell, Ray is a firehouse, and we're excited to have her here with us today. (laughs) Too kind. (laughs) I wouldn't have sent you that long bio if I knew you were going to read the whole thing. (laughs) It's okay. It's okay. We like to give our listeners a little insight. So, um, Ray, outside of what I just read, tell us a little bit about yourself. I know you're a wife, you're a mom. Yeah, so I, gosh, when I was in third grade, I saw my first play. My grandmother took me to a play, and I'm one of the lucky people that knew at, uh, I guess I was eight years old, that this is what I wanted to do with my life. So I feel very fortunate that I've known my path from the beginning. I love what I do. I love being in this community. I've been here 23 years now. I've raised my family here in the community and really at this organization and uh, just feel like I'm, I'm in the exact place that I should be. That's awesome because not a lot of people get that opportunity. I know, to I know. Know, you know, <laughs> not a lot of people get that opportunity to like know at such a young age, this is what I want to do and actually be able to do it. Yeah. I feel really fortunate that that just happened. That was just my life. And I still, every day get so excited about what I do and get teary when a show opens. It's awesome. That's good. So tell, what was that play that you went to see when you were in third grade? My grandma took me to see Annie. And, oh, I love Annie. You know, part of it was that there was a lead character who was my age with red hair and was just super spunky and fiery. And there was a dog and, you know, soft spot for dogs. Mm-hmm. And that's awesome. So basically you saw someone that resembled you and had the same passion that you had. And so it just sparked something in you, which is amazing and something I think we tell people a lot, especially when we talk about arts um, and especially production, um, whether that is movies or plays or 
um, spoken word, whatever it is, we always talk about how important it is for people to um, see themselves on screen, exactly. right? So they can exactly. connect with characters and say, hey, like that's a person that looks like me or shares the same interests as me and they're doing this so I know I can. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So, right, so I want to talk about, I remember um, during COVID that there was um, just a lot of struggle within arts and just really tr with trying to get people to understand how important art was um, or is and then also like maintaining your company maintaining the Wortham Center while everything is shut down so can you tell us how that was for you oh my gosh yeah if you could see me right now you would see me twitching <laughs> but I'm still still dealing with that um, just that that fallout from that time was so significant for everyone, really. Um, arts organizations had a unique challenge because we, you know, were large venues. We were spaces of mass gathering and we were the first to shut down and we were the very last organizations to open. Um, I had been in my position as the executive director. I've been here, you know, for 23 years, but I took over the executive director position in 2017 we immediately went to a huge capital renovation, a $4 million renovation, and had just opened the new space, the expanded space in 2019. So in that inaugural season of the three-venue facility, we were shut down. So that was huge. And, you know, laying off almost my entire staff and being closed for a very long time, it was, you know, it was big, it was stressful. And one of the things that I reminded people along the way is for arts professionals who have such a passion for what we do, we get spiritual energy, mental energy from connecting with artists and seeing the work on stage. And that was gone mm -hmm. during that time. So that was just as difficult as, as all of the other factors. And so how did you manage the fears of your staff? Because essentially they're, they're being laid off and they really don't know when returning is happening, right? Or if it will even happen. So yeah. how, did you, how did you manage those fears? I ended up spending a lot of time as an unqualified therapist mm -hmm. for staff. Um, and it was new to all of us, right? We had no idea how to manage a staff or how to manage ourselves or people during that time. So I spent a lot of time on Zoom, a lot, a lot of time on phone calls, just trying to help people, make them feel comfortable and safe and just listen to them. Mm -hmm. And so what about yourself? How are you dealing with it? Because <laughs> <laughs> You're talking about going through a pandemic as the executive director, so everyone's looking at you for the answers. And then because it's new for everybody, we really don't have answers. <laughs> no answers. Right. So how was that? Like, how are you managing yourself? Well, I had uh, more time outside than I'd had in quite some time. So that was really helpful. You know, having two children at home who were doing virtual learning it was awful, but it was also great to have that time to reconnect with my family mm -hmm. and have us be all together at the same time. I did four o'clock happy hours almost every day, which was, 
probably not the best idea. <laughs> but listen, it was needed. <laughs> it was so needed. Uh, we started a publication, an online publication during that time. And I had the chance to write, which I really, I love to write. That was a great outlet as well. So all of those things combined, I guess. Which is necessary, right? And mm-hmm. so let's go to opening. I remember um, coming and I, oh, I'm trying to think of her name. And she was absolutely amazing. Um, she played the cello, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, Shauna Tucker. Shauna Tucker. Yeah, that was one of the first because sh- she was a resident, right? She was during when COVID first happened. Yeah, she ended up being a year long resident artist during COVID. So that was the first show that you all opened back up where you allowed people in the theater, correct? I think so. It's all a little blurry in my head we allowed people we had to allow people in in limited capacity so we started mm-hmm. with 50 people in a 500 seat theater uh, socially distanced and i was lucky enough to be one of those 50 <laughs> um and it was absolutely amazing but one of the things that really struck me was how your team was able to juggle having people in the theater but also allowing people to share an experience virtually Mm-hmm. How how was that like for the was that like your first time ever having the duo like where we have live and virtual and trying to maintain both at the same time or was that something that you had already been doing prior to COVID? We had done virtual programming during COVID as many organizations did. Some of that was subbed in like we had Jeff Daniels recording from his home and we presented it. And we opened our space up during COVID to any local artists who wanted to use it during the times that we were actually allowed to let people into the space. Mm-hmm. So we had seen other organizations do it. Uh, we had a little bit of a support system there, an example to work from on that. But I believe that was the first time that we tried it. And, and we all just learned together. And it was, I, I mean, I remember going back and reading some of the comments and People really enjoyed it. Like it was all ages just being able to say like, oh my goodness, someone's on stage and I get to see this in real time. Mm-hmm. And it gave like a little glimmer of hope. Like we're, we're almost there. <laughs> we're, yes. we're almost back to socializing again. Yes. And in that format, it was great to see the chats. Mm-hmm. We were able to provide input during the concert and to talk to each other. And we also had the opportunity to see them in their houses. Yeah, which is awesome. Being able to have that communication and fellowship back and forth. Mm-hmm. So since everything has opened up, where's the Wortham Center now? What kind of programs are you all offering? We are back to our normal programming capacity, uh, including the rentals that we open up for at the facility. So we're supporting numerous organizations through our, our facilities, all three and we're back to our normal programming schedule. One of the factors that I don't think a lot of people realize is that we are still on the on-ramp to get back to where we were before or better. 
So we still are seeing um, some slower attendance numbers as we gear back up. And so what what do you believe is the reason for that? I believe some people dropped off during COVID or Mm -hmm. stopped attending. Dropped off is a really bad phrase to use. They stopped attending and just realized that they were more comfortable at home that they didn't need to go out, that they found other outlets for that arts activity. It's a small percentage, but it's real. And there are some people who are still afraid to be out, who are still afraid to be in a 500-seat venue with other people through their own preference or because they have uh, a health issue in their house that they need to deal with. We have fortunately seen an uptick in a younger audience that connected with us during COVID. And it's been really great to see those people come into the theater and to build that next generation. Mm-hmm. And speaking of the next generation of arts lovers, um, I was looking on Facebook and noticed that you all are accepting applications for the summer program. Yes, for our summer camp program. Mm-hmm. Can you tell the listeners a little bit about the summer camp? Sure. That is only in its second year of development. We had planned on starting that the year that we opened. And of course, COVID put a little uh, little delay on that. But we're really happy to be doing it again this summer. Last summer went very well. We partnered with Bright Star uh, Theater Company to present that camp. And this year, we're doing it all internally. We have some fantastic staff members who are teaching artists. And we have four weeks scheduled right now. Very that is That is awesome. So what are the age groups for that camp? We're going anywhere between 6 to 12 in different sectors for the summer programs. Mm -hmm. And so um, for listeners who have youth who are in the slightest bit interested in anything production or arts related, I think it'll be a good opportunity. I think it's very good to allow our um, youth to get into spaces they may not typically be in and figure out what it is that they love because there's a lot that goes into production. Um, I remember going to the Grammy Museum earlier, well, in 2022, um, and being able to sit in and hear people talk about, like, people think that, Um, production is all about the director or the actress um, but it's lighting and it's it's, um, costumes and it's makeup and it's just all these other different things behind the scenes that I think a lot of people don't think about and um, being able to give opportunity to youth to be able to explore those passions I think is very important and it helps us to tell our leaders that we need to continue to fund the arts programs. Um, We need to continue making sure that art is just at the forefront. It's very important. A lot of people learn through art, essentially. Um, Like you said, your staff and you were able to get through some of the toughest years that we had as a country because you were able to dive into your passions of writing, right? Which is a form of art. Absolutely. And there's an opportunity, even for kids who don't have any desire to go into theater, they don't want to be an actor or singer or design lights, but the power of being in a group and creating something together and gaining that self-confidence and skill set is so important. 
Mm-hmm. So what shows do you have running right now? Or how do people learn about the shows that you have currently? All of our shows are on our website. Everything that we curate and bring in is under the Wortham Presents series. But we also have calendar listings of all of our rentals for the facility. We are in the next, in the spring session, we are hosting the last two programs of the Comedy Zone. That's a new venture for this year in our Black Box Theater, our Tina McGuire Theater. Two shows on Friday and Saturday nights. And that's been really exciting just to see that different crowd and that uh, different genre come in here. And just also a lot of uh, dance and music programs remaining this season. We're really fortunate that our resident company right now is Stuart Owen Dance, with it, which is a husband and wife team of professional dancers out of Old Fort. And we've supported them this season to create a, uh, their own program that will be on our main stage and to create a commissioned piece, particularly for the Wortham Center. Oh, awesome. Awesome. So a lot of building of community happening. Yes. And supporting local artists and bringing up those artists in the field who are the next generation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So can you tell our listeners, did you tell the website um, that they can find you at? I did not. It's WorthamArts.org. W-O-R-T-H-A-M Arts.org. Okay. And so listeners, you can go there to find out various going ons at the Wortham Center, um, being able to get in touch with Ray or other staff members there if you are interested in renting space or possibly, you know, being a part of the team or um, seeing a show, bringing your youth there, however you want to get involved. It's very important that we really tap into these organizations who are giving back to the community. And that is exactly what the Wortham Center is doing. Um, Ray, I want to thank you so much for being here with me today and having this conversation, being able to get the Wortham Center out there to just a different audience. Um, And I know that um, I would want to have you back just to talk more about the summer program um, to try to get as many people involved as possible in that. I know my daughter last year, she wasn't at the age, but she is now. So (laughs) I will be reaching out. Because that girl is ready to be on somebody's stage. She is. She's a natural performer. She is. She is. Yeah. She is full of personality. Well, Um, thank you so much for having me. And I just wanted to say how important the work is that you do and the transparency that you provide for people's mental health and just bringing that topic into visibility. It's so important. So thank you for doing that on behalf of all of us in the community. Oh, thank you so much. Well, that is the end of today's show. Again, thank you, Ray, for speaking with me. To my listeners, you can find me at simplytour.com or at bizradio.us. Until next time. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you just heard, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and be sure to visit bizradio.us to find hundreds of other engaging conversations, local events, and more.